Hey, so welcome to another episode of the Best Small Business in the World podcast with uh, Matt Fitzsimmons over there <laughs> and Sturdy McKee. Um, over there. <laughs> our, our topic topic today, we're going to talk about mindset, okay, entrepreneurial mindset and specifically curiosity. Um, Matt, go run with it. What do, what do you think? Well, it's funny because I was driving along in the car the other day and I was thinking, and I just had lunch with a client of mine, Aaron, and he's a very successful businessman. And I was like, I wonder what other people could take lessons to by just observing Aaron and, and the way he rolls and what he does and that sort of thing. And I thought he's got a mindset, which it's actually the mindset that makes him successful. And um, so then I thought to myself, I wonder how many other people would benefit from knowing or having a conversation, hearing a conversation around your mindset as a, as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, um, what is the mindset of, of a successful one? So then, you know, me being me, I, I looked at all the rest of my clients um, and sort of look at the commonalities between all of the, uh, the, the really successful ones and, and equally not just looking at the successful ones, but actually looking at the ones who weren't successful and actually drawing a contrast between the two, because yeah. there is a contrast. Um, as, yeah, as there you know. is. Yeah. Absolutely, there is. But And I think mindset's one of those things that some, we hear a lot about it. It seems kind of nebulous and soft, and we might even know or think that... Right, right. So we think we might even know or think that we have to change it. But we don't, mm. it's, it, what we're changing to is kind of invisible. We don't know what that is. We don't know, you know how do we even know when we get there? So I, what I'm excited about mm. is what you, you started talking about like in prep for this is actually starting to share with people some things that they can actually do and start to think about and really incorporate in to make a little bit of a mindset shift kind of incrementally, right? So yeah, let's look at the examples, yep. but I, I like the, the curiosity component really is compelling for me. What do you mean by that? Mm. Well, and, and I used it as a contrast, right? So I'll give you, mm -hmm. a, 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 I've spoken about Aaron, who is really an intellectually curious guy. Um, and so he does concrete resurfacing, right? And he's always curious about new products and new techniques because he puts coatings on top of concrete um, and they're, they're for a specific purpose. Maybe you've got a machine that needs to be on a perfectly flat within a hundredth of a millimeter um, accuracy uh, piece of um, uh, piece of concrete or whatever. He's the guy that does that. And so he's naturally, just his, his default setting is curiosity. Um, but to contrast with him, I have a guy I used to work with years ago who, um, fortunately for him, he sold a business and made a fortune. <laughs> Um, he has since lost that fortune. And he is the yin to Aaron's yang, if you will. <laughs> he is um he wasn't curious. Um, he was moderately hardworking. Um, but it's those two words that get in the way of growth, which is I know. And they were the two words yeah. I heard from him all the time. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> I saw somebody, I saw a conversation actually on Twitter where somebody's like, I'm amazed my four-year-old knows everything. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, we've yeah. got to break that mindset for sure. And by the way, knowing and doing are also two entirely different things. Yeah. But it's that, um, if you go back to Aaron just using him as the example, he yeah. is so curious about um, his 
the, the technical side of his job and he's technically amazing but also he's curious about running a business and 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 structure of a business and hiring the right people and and getting rid of the wrong people and he's always curious to know is there a better way i wonder what what else we could do i wonder i wonder i wonder which is a whole lot better than i know i know i know <laughs> mm, yeah so um uh, um what does that do for him being curious and asking those questions i think what it does for him is it allows him to be really open and um like so he's about six foot five um he's he's a big guy um and he just so he's he, when he walks in a room he's got a bit of presence and and so he walks in there and he goes i wonder who's in the room it's kind of his default setting and i wonder who i know and i wonder i wonder i wonder and it's that it's that curiosity it's that um yeah, it's that wonder about i wonder what's going on i wonder what else we could do i wonder if there's a better way of doing things and the intellectual exercise of wondering that says a couple of things to me anyway one of which is i don't know all of the all of the answers to all of the questions right. and so if i don't know then i should maybe be curious about what else i can find out and so again that curiosity that openness to being you know to being taught something to learn something well that that's almost a tactical thing i'm thinking about you know affect and mood and all the other things when you're going into a room with a bunch of other people or into a new setting or something like that and stopping to think about you know to say i wonder i wonder who's here i wonder what's going to happen today i wonder what you know what cool ideas am i going to hear i wonder what you know whatever that's that's a mindset shift right there mm, it is um and he has a real degree of humility um he's a he, he I actually met him doing triathlons. I did Ironman uh, back in 2012, um, and he did it. He actually bought my bike off me and did it the year later <laughs> on the same bike as me. Um, he had the seat post further up. <laughs> yeah. he's, a bit, he's a bit taller than me, um, but yeah, I, I met him through there, and I, he always impressed me as a guy. And then he, you know, we 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 joined up as as client and and that sort of thing. Um, but he's always been the guy who sits there and goes. Well, I've got this new turbo trainer, or I've got this new thing, that, and, and I'm training on it. I wonder how it's going to work. Um, mm -hmm. And he, he, he drives it. He sort of drives a really fine line between doing what he knows will work, but being curious about what else could do the job better, faster, cheaper, and all that sort of stuff. Well, that's a great way to prioritize in your business too. If you've got something that's working really well, a process, a system, a player, a team, whatever, you don't really mess with that. You go look at looking at the things that aren't getting you the results that you're hoping for, and then being curious about new ways to do the process. You know, everybody's heard the adage, well, that's the way we've always done it. And, you know, we talk about how bad that idea is. Um, yeah. That's kind of a version of, I know, don't tell me a different way, right? Not being curious. Yeah. Um, but yeah, reinventing mm -hmm. those processes, reinventing, well, you do this in strategy days with your clients, right? Yeah. What's, let's revisit our VHAG. Let's look at our three-year goals. Let's update those. Is this really where we still want to go? You know, and then challenging people around that framework so that they can plan the next 90 days. What's really interesting about strategy when you look at this as a, as a mindset is also the world's changed significantly over the last three years. Like it's changed massively. And if you pick, were... pick a time frame, that last few <laughs> yeah, weeks. <exactly>. Yeah. <laughs> 
last decade, last whatever. Yeah. But but more change has happened uh, since the start of COVID around the world than, than there has been, uh, and, and certainly in my time. Um, you want to hear something scary? Go on, man. Well, I was just reading an article, and this guy was kind of projecting out and saying, most people aren't ready for the rate of change that's coming, that we've been in this wow. rapid change cycle. I mean, and really, if you, you start stop to think about it for a minute and pick a couple milestones what was it the the touch screen on your phone right that wasn't that yeah. like 2011 or 2010 somewhere right in there something like I mean, that yeah when you start anchoring it to events that we take for granted now um mm. it becomes you start appreciating the rapidity of change and what he was saying was put your seatbelt on because change is about to accelerate by a factor of at least four. And he's talking about wow. chips and AI and technology, but also the implications for society, for all these other things, the rapidity of change is going to only get faster. And yeah, so what we learned today may not, you know, there, there are certain things that will be applicable. This is why some people are really focused on, you know, psychology and mindset being curious, yeah. you know, communication, being interact, able to interact with other people, because that's not going to change as much. You know, we're, we're humans. We, mm -hmm. We're not going to change at the same rate <laughs> as the stuff around it. Well, but, there'll always be a desire to interact with other humans, won't there? Mm -hmm. Well, there'll always be a demand for status or satisfaction or love or, you know, there, there are all these pieces and parts that are going to, I mean, they, they've existed for thousands of years and they will continue to exist, right? but in a very, very rapidly changing environment. So I like where you're going with the mindset idea of being open and curious. Um, what, what else, what else helps business owners? I think resilience, um, and, and, and as you mentioned earlier, mate, it's, it's a word that's bandied around in a lot of different contexts, but I think in the context mm -hmm. of business, it's, it's around your ability to have a crack at something. And if it doesn't go well, you stand up, you dust yourself off and you keep moving forward. Um, and because, by by virtue of the fact that you're in business, you will fail. <laughs> you will right. you'll do something that isn't the way it's supposed to get done, and and that's cool. And as long as you're open to learning about that, and you you you, you just stand up, dust yourself off, and why we go again? Yeah, <laughs> and I yeah. Think that's if I look at um, Matt, the um, the other the other guy who was the contrast with Aaron, um, he would be down for weeks if something didn't quite go perfectly to plan. Not that he was planning particularly well at all, but if something didn't go to plan, he would be down for weeks. And Aaron would sit there and go, oh, I won't do that again. What was it? Edison uh -huh. discovered like 1,800 right. ways of not making a life. Right, right, right. So yeah, same I, sort of mindset. That's, that's great. So I've run into that, particularly with some of the really successful people I've worked with at Thai. Um, the Thai SoCal organization, entrepreneur organization down there. Um, but we tried a couple of things internally. We tried a, um, an accelerator program. We tried a kind of a, a kickoff seed, uh, you know, idea concept to first customer thing. And what, you know, I, I wanted to plan this out. I wanted to really market it when it didn't get immediate traction. I wanted to push harder. I wanted to keep selling it. I wanted to keep marketing. And some of them were like, uh, they don't want it. Like, who's they? Like, well, I don't know. Everybody we've talked to, they don't want it. Let's move on. Let's go. We're done. And they would, they would close it down, chalk it up as a lesson way quicker than I was used to. 
but and at first I kind of okay. got I got frustrated with that right I'm like well no we haven't given it a long enough time to go and they're like no they're, they're looking for and, and these are some people who've really hit some home runs right done some really big things they are looking for the path of least resistance but they're doing it in a very rapid fashion and they're trying lots of different things so yeah they you know if nine out of 10 things are going to fail, their philosophy is more like, well, let's do 10 things in three months, not 10 things over 10 years, because we need to get- Doesn't to... that make so much sense though? It does when you it get a little, sense. yeah, but you know, when, when it was my baby and I'm carrying the project and it gets shut down, then I, you know, there's a tendency to get a little emotional about it, right? And to be, be a little determined. And determination is another piece of mindset that I think is important, but- give you know they were they were moving on quicker they were determined about succeeding they weren't determined that we were going to force this one thing onto people so i think there's a there's a distinction too around the determination piece mm. and what that means certainly something in there about determination mate um like <laughs> who do you know who's been successful you know um even the most talented people in the world um, put in the work. I remember reading about and, and saying right. a lot about Michael Jordan. Um, you know, they said he was the most talented guy, but yeah, okay, sure. He, he, he had talent. He had some talent, but he worked the hardest. Kobe Bryant worked the hardest. That's the commonality is these guys are determined um, to a level of, of, of determination, which is <laughs> pretty frightening to be fair. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, Jerry Rice was known for that as well. Like he was the first one there yeah. and the last one to leave, even when he was being called the greatest wide receiver in it ever played a game. And I think you see that over and over again with people at the top who, who really stand out. There's Harsha Bogle in, uh, here we'll go real international for a minute. He's a cricket announcer in India, right? And he did this great talk <clears throat> on attitude versus talent. And the point was that once you get to a certain level, you know, a lot of these athletes particularly have been the most talented person in their team, their league or whatever for a long time and, you know, growing up and getting older. And stuff but once they get to a certain level that professional level there's a lot less variation in talent and that's where the attitude and the mm -hmm. mindset and the work ethic starts to really differentiate you know people are you willing to put in the time the effort and the attitude is your attitude matching um i heard steve mm -hmm. since we're talking mindset right and openness steve young was giving a talk and um to a group of entrepreneurs here in san francisco a while back a few years ago and uh he had, after retiring from football, he had tried to start his own businesses. He was talking to this group of 200 people in the room going, what you guys are doing is really, really hard. It's so hard that I gave up. That's why I'm in private equity now. Let other people run it and invest because I, you know, and dude, this is Steve Young, right? He's won Super Bowls. Now, everybody forgets he started in Tampa. Things weren't going so well, right? And I don't know if you know football, but I, I grew up in Tampa and the Bucks were the worst team in football for a long, long, long time. Um, but anyway, when he okay. came to San Francisco, he followed Joe Montana and, you know, Joe Montana is, right. you know, he's won three Super Bowls and four of the six division titles and, you know, Hall of Famer dude, right? Um, he follows Joe Montana. Knows Joe Montana. Yeah. I mean, even if you're not, don't follow NFL, you know who Joe Montana is, right? Um, <clears throat> so that's the act he doesn't have to follow. And he was talking about how he was so frustrated and so mad he would hit a guy with the ball and they would drop it. And he was um, just really not getting the success he wanted. And he, what he said was that was the, the mindset shift, okay, was when he decided it's not their fault. 
none of it's their fault. If they can't catch the ball and throwing that way, I have to figure out a different way to throw it. If they can't run the route or get to the spot I need them to get to, I need to figure out a different spot for them to be in. I need to accommodate all the people and players around me. I need to adjust. And when he did that, everything changed, right? And suddenly he was winning championships and all, but it didn't happen for him. So you're until... talking about ownership, isn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. And realizing that, you know, if I'm going to blame other people or I'm going to the mindset of, you know, they're not doing their job or they're not, he's like, it wasn't about that. And, and he's like, you know, right or wrong, it didn't matter because we weren't winning and we weren't achieving what we needed to. And ultimately, as lead, when I took on the leadership of the team and decided I was going to figure out a way for us to succeed, um, that's when everything changed for him, for the team, for all of it. And he had some big boots to fill. Yeah, he did. It's a tough act to follow, right? But and and a few a people really followed after that that didn't. What's, the thing ties in with What's that? What's the quote? There's this really cool quote which I think ties in with what you're saying really well, and I'm not sure who it is. I'm not sure who I can give credit to for it, but it says, "When my team does well, I look out the window." When my team doesn't do so well, I look in the mirror. Now, I'm not sure who said it, but when you look at that, it's like, if something doesn't go well, I look at myself for how could I have done something different? How could, and they take ownership of whatever it is. And right. then as soon as they do well, they look at their team and go, don't I have a team of stars that have helped this, that have made this thing happen? What a, what a level of humility. Well, and that's, yeah, they're t when, when my team does well, I do well, right? I've never understood that with managers, and that's part of the reason I use coaches as, as an example so much of the time is when the team wins, the coach wins, the coach looks better. There are a lot of people in kind of the corporate world and institutional world and all where it almost feels like the manager doesn't want their players to succeed, right? There's this dysfunctional relationship. They want all the glory, but they don't want them to get it. Well, you know, we were talking about Joe Montana. Well, Bill Walsh was the coach, right? Bill Walsh is a Hall of Fame coach. Bill Walsh, would he be Bill Walsh without Joe Montana and Jerry Rice? You know, and Roger Craig and Ronnie. I mean, there's a whole list of people, right? But he, he sure. elevated those players. Steve Kerr right now is another great example, right? The Warriors, you've got Steph Curry, Clay Thompson. You've got these people in the spotlight. And there are people who kind of poo-poo Steve Kerr's, you know, management abilities and coaching abilities saying that well he's not doing anything he just has the right team well if that were the case there are talented players all over the nba why are the warriors having continued success repeatedly right there's something higher i mean it's not just kerr right it's the entire leadership team but that's that whole team of champions versus champion team though isn't it that's that you know you're like we're delving i'm probably a little bit off topic but you know, it's it's you know you can have a team of superstars, but it doesn't make them a superstar team. Um, and I mean, and, and you know what? So I've got an example of the US basketball team, two thousand four. Oh um, yeah. <laughs> on, on on paper, it was the most untouchable team in the world. Like every single name was like a poster on a kid's wall. You know, every single name, uh, and they got bounced really, really early. Um, and everyone was sort of going, ooh, crikey, what happened there, mate? That's, <laughs> that's a bit of a turn up for the works. Um, and this is, you know, 
an amazingly talented group of people who just weren't bothering to play with each other. They were playing for themselves and, and for their own personal glory and that sort of stuff. And then four years later, they came back and unsurprisingly figured it out. Well, I don't think that's off topic at all, right? Because that is mindset, that is attitude, that is being willing to pass the ball and to give the limelight to other people to hold each other up and win as a team. That's a huge mm -hmm. mindset shift for, you know, for a lot of people. And, mm -hmm. you know, I work with a lot of people in professional services, medical and, and other, and was just uh, talking with somebody who similarly, my whole background is in accounting and worked in a corporate setting for 30 years and then went into um, speaking and coaching and some stuff, right? But all of those professional services we like to, they, they kind of confer status. They're, they're smart people or whatever we think they are, right? They got their degrees and they're whatever, but they don't learn a thing about business, not in school, not in their training. And they go out and because they're good at this one thing, they think therefore it's going to be easy to open a practice or open their business. But it's the same thing. It doesn't matter if you're in professional services. The same thing's true of plumbers, right? Of concrete layers, uh, you know, whatever the, tr any trade, any profession, whether it's baking pies, right? Or being a neurosurgeon, running your business is a different skill set. And you mm -hmm. kind of have to put on a different hat and maybe accept, this is scary, accept that you're a novice at this thing, even when you're a master of the thing that you do. How many people do we deal with who started off in a technical role and woke up one morning owning a business with 10, 15, 20, 100, 200 people? And All like, of them. What happened? One day I was doing what I was trained to do, and the next day I now run a business and don't do any of that. Yeah, all of them. I mean, whether whether they're, they're at 10 or 25 or 50 or 100 or whatever it is right now, you know, essentially all of them. And when you go back to the drawing board, even if they've been doing it for 15 years, you say, well, what did you know in the beginning? They're like, well, nothing. You know, nothing. I discovered very quickly I was a novice at this and really didn't know anything and still don't know enough. So that, you know, obviously that's where we get to come in and help them out. But um, yeah, it's it's a different skill set. It's a different mindset. And just because you're really good or really passionate about something or you're really smart and got great grades or whatever doesn't mean you already know how to run a business. So again, that mindset that you've had, one of the mindset items was humility. Yeah, 100%. Right. So what were the other things you had come up with? We have curiosity, openness, resilience. It was curiosity, which there's a ton of stuff that falls under curiosity. You know, I, I, you'd argue that a lot of uh, humility comes under that. Um, being yeah. you know, experimental comes under that. You know, you're curious to know what's 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 sort of what will work and what won't. Um, openness, generally speaking, people who are curious are more open to new ideas, new ways of doing stuff, which is, which is cool. Um, if you are curious and you are used to doing stuff and trying stuff out you will probably have a level of resilience because you'll probably fail at some stuff and you'll have to bounce back um well, you get used thing, to it right i think i think you do i think it's people understand that it's a normal sort of path of the course when you're actually doing something that a little bit of failure is a really healthy thing it keeps you on track keeps you focused on you know you can't take your eye off the ball because the moment you do poof, you're at the back door um and um, that I need a quick comment me. on that one. Sorry to say that again. I just, I just want to make a quick comment on, on that. Sure. Because, again, those particularly the people with 
you know, a lot of education and advanced degrees and that kind of stuff. If you stop to think about failing, making mistakes in school, it's highly discouraged, right? And what's collaboration called, Matt? If you were <laughs> in school. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yep. I know exactly what you mean. Say it. It's cheating. together, isn't it? Yeah. Well, but collaboration in school, if you collaborate on an exam, you're you're cheating. Right? You'll fail, you get kicked oh, out. I see what you're yeah. Yet you're totally, you know, you're so in other words, they're conditioned sometimes for as many as 20, 20, 20 plus years from kindergarten through their advanced degrees, right? To be right and do it by themselves. And if that's yeah. the mindset and the training that you've had for two decades as a young adult, there, uh, there's just such a desperate, desperate need to shift, shift that mm -hmm. mindset. The moment you graduate, the moment you're out there, life, the rest of life is a team sport. Life is a team sport, yeah, absolutely. Cool, Mike, it's good chatting with you. You too, you too. Awesome topic. I hope folks got a little bit out of this and we hope to see you over at the best small business in the world.com. Talk to you soon.